Thanks to ExpressVPN for supporting the productivity show. You probably don't think too much about internet privacy on your own home network. ExpressVPN will secure your privacy and protect your information. Visit expressvpn.com TPS and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Thanks to Aslo for supporting the productivity show. Aslo is a free business checking account with invoicing, bill pay, money transfers, no minimum balance, and no fees. Sign up with no minimum deposit at aslo.com TPS and get a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide. Welcome to The Productivity Show, a podcast by Asian Efficiency to help you maximize your productivity so you can get everything done without having to sacrifice your health, family, and things that matter to you. We've helped tens of thousands of people save time, be happier, and become more productive. Now, GTD, or Getting Things Done, is a productivity system that's been a lifesaver for us going back to the mid-2000s. As we've talked to members of the community and podcast listeners over the years, we've found that there are certain things that almost everybody does when they're implementing GTD, and most of the time, these things cause problems later. We don't want that to be you, so we're going through the five mistakes that almost everybody makes with GTD and what you should do instead. Even if you've been using GTD for years, we bet you're doing some of these too. You can find links to everything that we share in the show notes by going to theproductivityshow.com forward slash 309. And now on with the show. All right. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to our podcast here. My name is Brooks from Asian Efficiency. I'm the operations director here. And I'm Tam Pham, founder and CEO of Asian Efficiency, where we help people become more productive at work and in life. And uh, today we're going to be talking about GTD, right, Brooks? Yeah, it's been a long time since we've talked about GTD on the podcast. So I'm actually really, really excited to get back to it. This is where it all began for me. So I'm excited. So one of the things we always like to do on the podcast is share some of our favorite productivity resources as of lately. And uh, I figured since we have a GTD episode, we might as well include some GTD resources. So Brooks, what have you got in store for us today? Yeah, we would be pretty remiss if one of our top three resources wasn't the book that started it all. I have it sitting right here on my desk. Uh, It's called Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity by David Allen. And there'll be links to that in the show notes. So uh, hopefully you'll get a lot out of this episode, but if you haven't read the book or it's been a long time since you've read it, highly recommend doing that. It's the book that definitely started my productivity journey. Number two, also from David Allen Company, and this is not, this episode is not sponsored by them or anything, but it's the GTD setup guide. So a lot of people don't realize this, but the David Allen Company actually sells these little PDF guides for specific pieces of software that takes you through how to set up GTD in those particular resources. So whether using Outlook, OmniFocus, Todoist, they've got a bunch of different reasonably priced guides that you can go and it will tell you what to do in what field. I think they're I think they're pretty good. They're very easy to follow. So if you're struggling to set up GTD in your particular tool, whatever that is, chances are they have a, a setup guide for you. And number three actually has nothing really to do with GTD, but it's something that we use a lot here at AE and I don't think we've ever talked about on the on the podcast before and it's called Printful. So Printful is an on-demand order fulfillment and warehousing service. So you can do shirts, mugs, 
all sorts of different things, like USB keys, anything that you can think of, you can customize it and have it. You don't have to carry inventory. Uh, like I know we used to have Asian efficiency shirts and Tan literally had a box of them in his apartment <laughs> that he'd have his, uh, his executive assistant mail out uh, from time to time. Now all of that is automated and they have uh, APIs so that you can do it all automated. And, you know, we love automation here at the, the productivity show. So that's definitely been a game changer for us. So I thought we'd give him a shout out here. It's called Printful. So we're going to be talking about common mistakes today on GTD, the GTD topic, especially if you're a brand new user to GTD. But even if you're not, uh, there's going to be something in it for you here today. And that also all the stuff that we just mentioned, we'll have links to all of that in the show notes as well. So if you go to theproductivityshow.com slash 309, you'll find all the links there. Or if you're listening to us right now on a podcast app, just swipe and you'll see the links in there as well. So Brooks, when it comes to GTD, I know there's a lot of people who have probably read the book at this point, maybe millions of people now, if not, uh, when it comes to blog posts and podcast episodes, there's a lot of material out there. When it comes to today's episode, I know you and I have talked a little bit about this before we started recording, but I think even if you're a brand new user or you've even never heard of GTD, this is still going to be really valuable to you because if you want to be more productive, GTD is one of those gold standards in terms of material you have to read at some point just to get a better understanding of how you can be more productive, even if you don't plan on using it altogether. But also people who are listening right now, if you already read GTD, you've tried a little bit of implementation and like trying different things, but haven't really quite made it work for you yet. This episode is going to be extremely valuable to you as well. And I know some of you are OGs, veterans when it comes to the getting things done methodology, but even then there's always ways to learn and tweak and make things better. And so I'm super excited to share some of the advanced strategies and insights that we have for you in store today as well. Because I know Brooks, you've been a GT user for a long time. And I remember a while back in the dojo, which is our private community that comes with mentorship, coaching and accountability. We had a fun little thing going on on Slack where we asked, post a screenshot of your very first purchase on amazon.com. And I remember what your <laughs> first purchase was. Do you remember that too? Yeah, absolutely. It was September 2005. My very first purchase on amazon.com was the Getting Things Done book, GTD, along with a bunch of Merchant Ivory DVDs for my wife, because it was uh, about six months after my very first son was born and I needed to be more productive. <laughs> so I was grasping at straws. So I bought the getting things done book. I was trying to get my work done with a newborn on my wife. Uh, we have a one year maternity leave here in Canada. So my wife didn't need to be productive in that way, but she needed to uh, maybe have some sanity and have some things to watch at night. So she watched her merchant ivory DVD. So that was definitely a, a win-win. And, and it's funny who, who would have thought that that purchase on Amazon back in 2005. Really, I probably wouldn't be here on the podcast today uh, if I didn't make that purchase. How about you? What's your GTD history? I've always seen the book on bookshelves, uh, whether it was at the library or on the shelves of my uncles. Uh, my uncles are big fans of GTD. And I remember I was in the United States when I was living in the Netherlands at the time. I was in the United States and I saw David Allen's book on his bookshelf. And I thought, oh, okay, that looks kind of interesting. This blue and white book with this old man on the cover. He seems like he knows what he's up to. And I thought, okay, that looks like an interesting book. But I didn't know and I didn't realize a few years later when I actually ended up reading that book, when I went, oh yeah, that's the same book that my uncle had on his bookshelf. 
he kind of mentioned it, how he really enjoyed it and got a lot out of it. So I started reading it back in 2007, I want to say 2008. Pretty sure it was 2007. So it's been uh, over 13 years now at this point. So it's crazy how uh, even to this day, I think this book is still relevant, even as technology has changed. The big ideas of GTD, I think, are evergreen. I think they're timeless in, in that sense. But the technology kind of changes over time, right? So, for example, we would have like these these paper folders or 43 folders, right? And like all these other things in there. And nowadays we don't have that anymore, right? And fortunately with the recent update, that was kind of addressed, not completely, but kind of. And as technology changes, you know, sure, some stuff might change, but the overall idea of like the five steps in GTD, I think they will always stay timeless and classic. And even if you're listening to this episode, like a few years from now, I think it's still going to be relevant. So Brooks, for those who are brand new to GTD or even never even heard of it, I don't want to make any assumptions here. I'm sure we have a few listeners here who don't even know what we're talking about. Can you just walk us through real quick what GTD is? Yeah, we've said the the phrase GTD about 200 times on this episode so far. We should probably identify what it is. I do have to say, though, that I have this really bad feeling that I'm close to the age that David Allen is on the picture of his first book. So I have this really bad feeling that this old man is is my age that I am now. So I, for my own sanity, I'm not going to look that up because I don't want to know. <laughs> you look great, Brooks. You look yeah, great. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah, GTD, getting things done. So it's a productivity methodology created by David Allen, like we said. We should also say that it's a copyright of David Allen. We're not affiliated with them in any way. We're just very longtime fans and followers. And basically the premise of GTD is to collect all the stuff that is taking our attention in our life and get it out of our head into a trusted system because our brains are not made for holding all these tasks and information. And we have all this information everywhere, right? We have all these inputs. We have emails coming in, phone calls, text messages. We take notes in meetings, like all this stuff. And it's a way to get all that information out of our head and out of our all the places that it's coming in into one trusted system. And David Allen always says, your, your brain is for having ideas, not for holding them. And, and that really gets, gets down to the, to the root of it. So the idea is you take all these inputs, you figure out what it is that you have to do, You break down those large tasks into smaller subtasks and specific next actions. So specific things that need to be done next. And then once you do that, you're much more likely to achieve them and to actually take action when you know at any one time by referring to your trusted system, what is the very next thing I need to do in order to move this project forward? And you have it all in one place there waiting for you. Uh, there's this there's this phrase that he uses where by doing this, your your brain gets into this efficient and kind of natural state, and he calls it having your mind like water. And when I first read that in the book, I thought, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. But like I said, I when I bought that book in 2005, what I did is I cleared a weekend. And my wife was very understanding at the time, thankfully, since we had a new more, like I mentioned. But I went into the office uh, in downtown Vancouver for the whole weekend while I came home to sleep. I tore apart my cubicle. I went through all my email inbox. I even did what did what the book said at the time where I wrote everything on pieces of paper and put it in an inbox. And then I processed the inbox. 
and I got everything organized and into a trusted system. And I actually did feel that like once I knew it's kind of like getting your budget in order. Once I knew that everything I needed to do was captured and organized in next actions, I had that mind like water feeling and that sold it for me. And I've been doing it ever since. One of the big things behind GTD that most people underestimate is just the overall confidence that you have once you actually implement it. I think that's one of the driving forces that makes people want to continue to use it. And it's something that you almost have to discover, like you mentioned, because when you actually implement it and you follow through on it and you actually do your weekly review and that kind of thing, then you get to this place where you're just so confident about what's going on, where things are at, what you need to do next. And you have this sense of clarity that I think once you experience that, you just never want to lose that feeling. And you just want to keep going and doing things as as needed. And that to me has always been the power of GTD. It wasn't necessarily the steps. Sure, they're, they're helpful. But that feeling of, I know exactly what I need to do next. I know what's what's ahead of me. I know what needs to be done. I know everything's in order. Some things might be late and that's okay, but at least I know also what's coming up as well and having that sense of confidence that if you haven't experienced that, I think it's really hard to really grasp like how powerful this system could be, right? And when you think about most productivity systems, it really comes down to that transformation where you go from, oh man, I have no idea what's going on. I feel overwhelmed. There's so much to do. Everything looks equally important. You go from that to, okay, I know exactly what I need to do. I know how to prioritize something. I know what's coming up and I'm able to do these things. And if if not, I know how to renegotiate this. So I know that I can you know, meet my deadlines or make fulfillments come true and uh, live up to my promises. And so uh, I think that's really the power of GT. But again, that's a more philosophical, meaningful conversation that we can have once you actually implement it and a little bit more nuanced as well. So Brooks, when it comes to like the five steps, we're going to be talking about five mistakes here as well. And each one is related to one of the steps. So the steps in GTD are to capture something, to then to clarify, right? And the third step is to organize and then to reflect and then to engage or as they used to call it, doing stuff, actually getting stuff done, right? So let's talk about, let's just start there. I know we have a training coming up very soon. So on August 11th, 2020, so August 11th, which is on a Tuesday, we are going to do a live training on how to conduct a GTD weekly review. This is one of the biggest and most important processes and steps inside GTD, but the one that I think most people fail at. And so we are going to do a live training on this particular topic for free. Uh, Normally we only do this for Doja members. It's called the do the damn thing group coaching call where we take one hour aside where we have you actually implement something rather than teaching you more information and giving you more things to do. We will actually coach you and guide you and actually have you implement something specifically. And that topic for that particular day on August 11th is going to be on how to actually do a weekly review following the GTD sort of philosophy and format with some of the coaching and guidance uh, uh, that we've learned over the years, over the last, I mean, I mean, you've been doing it since 2006, 2005, 2006, I've been doing it since 2007. So we have a lot of experience. And so we want to help you really implement this stuff, right? So if you haven't done a weekly review yet in a while, this is a great time to come on live to, to do it with us and we'll coach you and guide you. And by the end of the hour, you will have done a proper weekly review. So 
where should people go to for that? You should go to theproductivityshow.com slash implement. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash implement. And if you're a Dojo member, you'll get access to that already. If you're not a Dojo member yet, sign up now and we'll share, share more details there as well. Brooks, so when it comes to GTD, let's talk about the first step here, and that is the capture phase. And the most common mistake that most people make there is they use too many systems to capture everything. Can you explain what that means? Yeah, this is a big one because as, as I mentioned, we all have so much stuff coming at us all the time. We have uh, emails, people dropping by, text messages, all that stuff coming in. And what happens is a lot of times a big mistake many of us make is we just have too many places to capture things down. Maybe we jot things down on a notebook on our desk, or maybe we email it to ourselves or text it to ourselves. But the key is we have so many different places that we capture this information. And capturing is really important because it's a brain entering process. Like we talked about earlier, your brain is not meant for holding this information. So you want to get it out of your head and into your trusted system, whatever that capture device is. And GTD doesn't specify that you should use a specific tool. That's kind of the good and bad thing about GTD is it leaves it up to you what you use. But the problem with that is, or one problem with that is that then a lot of us just start using a bunch of different things. And when you have too many ways to capture information, action items and ideas can get mixed. And it makes weekly reviews, we talked about weekly reviews a moment ago, it makes it take way longer because you have to check all these different places in order to know what it is that you need to capture. Now, part of the solution to that is to reduce whenever possible the, the number of inputs we have coming in. But a lot of times that, that's not possible. We can't stop people from dropping by our desk. We can't stop people necessarily from emailing us. But what we can do is proactively funnel that stuff so that we know we're capturing things into some specific place. So what we recommend is to have one in a perfect world, more likely two trusted places that you capture thoughts, ideas, or action items. So if somebody comes to you and says, hey, we should do X, then you say, yeah, that's a great idea. And right away or whenever you can, go to wherever your capture system is and get that in there so you know it's captured. It could be an app on your phone. It could be a notebook that you carry around with you. How you do it really is up to you. But the idea is to identify one or maybe two things that you do that with. For myself, on my phone, I use Drafts. Drafts is an app for iOS. And what I do is I will capture it in Drafts. And then if it's something actionable, then I will send it to OmniFocus, which is my task management system. I also have a big pad of paper here beside my desk. That's something I've done for years and years and years and years and years. And so if things come up while I'm sitting at my desk, if I'm on a meeting or something like that, a lot of times I'll jot it, jot it down on that piece of paper. And then what I do is I have a recurring task in my OmniFocus to make sure to process my inbox, as I call it, every single day. So I know that these things that I jotted down on paper are going into OmniFocus. Uh, but I only, the good thing about that is I only have two places to check my pad of paper and drafts. Now you probably don't give too much thought to internet privacy in your own home. Fire up an incognito browser and that's it, right? You're protected. Well, unfortunately that's not quite how it works. 
Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. You can go online with confidence from your computer, your tablet, or your smartphone. ExpressVPN works with them all. Just tap one button and you're protected. Your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers, so your IP is anonymized and can't be traced back to you. Even your internet service provider can't see what you're doing. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and more. We use it here at the Productivity Show as well. I like how ExpressVPN comes with an app for every device I use. Mac, Windows, iOS, Android. There's even Linux, routers. There's even VPS for Chromebooks, smart TVs, and game consoles. So protect your online activity today with a VPN that I trust to secure my privacy. Visit my special link at expressvpn.com TPS and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash TPS. Expressvpn.com TPS to learn more. There are two kinds of small business owners. There's the ones that need to physically go into a bank, the ones that are okay with wasting time and getting charged unnecessary fees. That's one kind. And then there's you. Getting dinged with crazy fees and spending time in a bank are the last things business owners need to be thinking about. Aslo takes all the friction out of business banking, instead of insisting that you handle your banking as if the internet never, ever existed. Aslo's a free business checking account with invoicing, bill pay, money transfers, no minimum balance, and no fees. So forget about other banking options. With Aslo, there's no minimum deposit and you'll never be charged maintenance or overdraft fees. And there's no ridiculous phone system. Those things make me want to stab myself in the eye with my nice Japanese pen I have sitting here. Instead of the days and weeks it takes to apply for an account at a traditional bank, where you're still required to go in person, by the way, with Aslo, you just go to azlo.com and apply in as little as 10 minutes. And there's no waiting to use your account. With Aslo's free instant funding feature, you can deposit up to $1,000 and access it in your account instantly. Aslo is owned by BBVA USA, which is an FDIC member. Because they make business banking easy and offer a fee-free checking account, Money Magazine called them the best business banking option for freelancers and entrepreneurs. Traditional banks still feel like they're centered around the brick-and-mortar branches with some internet stuff tacked on. Aslo is different. It's digital from the ground up, and it shows in everything that they do. As someone who spends my entire business life online, I really appreciate that. So sign up right now with no minimum deposit at aslo.com TPS and get a free copy of Aslo's Small Business Starter Guide. Spelled A-Z-L-O dot TPS and sign up with a free Small Business Starter Guide and no minimum deposit. Aslo.com TPS. How about you? What do you do for your capture? Uh, for me, it's pretty simple. Everything pretty much goes into OmniFocus. And the occasionally exception would be to say, hey, I need to put something in Giraffes, which is an app on my iPhone, which allows you to quickly capture something. But oftentimes, I only do that if it's something that has a temporary lifespan. So like a phone number or something that I might have to call for customer service or, or anything like that, or I need to jot something down real quick before I forget. But then oftentimes... If I do the same thing on my computer, I will use MVL 
for that. So MVL, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. It's a quick little app that launches and you can quickly create notes and put stuff in there. And so if I had to explain it in a different way, especially if you're new to GTD and you know we're talking about inputs and you've never read the book, I think another way of explaining this would be to say, imagine you're working at an office and whenever someone says something to you and you want to remember it, whether it's a task or something you have to do later or you just want to remember a fact, imagine writing it down on a sticky note and then you have that there at the office. And moments later, someone walks up to you at the coffee shop and says, Hey, Brooks, uh, it's good to see you. Hey, you should give me a call sometime. Take down my phone number. And then you put it down in your phone as a note. Let's say you open up OneNote and you put down the phone number and the details of the things you need to know to call that person. And then in another situation, you might be in a meeting and then you have like your favorite Franklin journal or, or planner and you put stuff in there as well. And now you have, as you can imagine, you have notes and ideas all over the place in different mediums and different places. And imagine now organizing your to-do list or task list and you're at home and some of that stuff is at the office. Some of that stuff is on your phone. Some of that stuff is in your journal. When you have all these different places where you capture things, right? Capture is kind of like the nerd speak here, but, or even just like writing stuff down when it's all over the place, you become disorganized and you start to be out of sync. And that's why it's so important, and which is the mistake that we see most people make here, is we want to simplify that as much as possible. So for you, the people that are listening here, as we kind of shared our examples, most of my capturing happens on my phone. And if it's not on my phone, it's on my desktop. And if I do use a different computer, for example, I'll still use the same app, which is in this case, OmniFocus, because it's all synced up. So if I take notes anywhere, it's always synced up everywhere. I am. And that's, I think, one of the more advanced nuances to all of this. And so if you're brand new to just GTD in general or just productivity, simplify where you store your ideas and where you're trying to remember things. And the fewer places you can kind of like write stuff down or capture stuff, the simpler things become. We record these podcasts live in front of the dojo, which is our, as you mentioned, is our productivity community. Some people are sharing how they capture things. So Lee says he uses Todoist as his primary capture tool, occasionally uses a small notebook. Yeah, I used to do that too. I used to carry around a field notes notebook all the time too, but eventually I just switched over to using drafts on my phone. Giacomo uh, says the new scribble function for iPad OS 14, he says is going to change his GTD game forever. So yeah, it'll be interested for the, for the iPad people who like using the Apple pencil. Uh, they're making a lot of improvements in that area as well. All right. So that is mistake. Number one is using too many systems to capture everything. I uh, will move on to mistake number two, which is having your next actions too vague or not actionable. And a lot of us have been in this situation. We look at our task list and maybe we just hit some friction on something. Like we just, we have this these certain tasks on our to-do list and we maybe move them forward every day that we kick the can down the road every day. We're not really taking action. And it, it sounds strange that just something like the way you word something can be so important. But it's really, really true. If you have an action in your task list that isn't clear and actionable, then a lot of times we just end up moving on to the next thing. So what you want to do is you want to really clarify 
what do your commitments mean and what do you need to do next to move forward? So define, like we talked about earlier, define exactly what your next action is. So all this information that I've captured, say you've, you've got the capture part nailed down. Okay, what do I do with these things? And you want to you make quick decisions when you're doing that. You want to say, is it more than one step? Okay, well, probably I need to break it down. Will it take more than two minutes? If not, maybe I should just do it now. That's a, a tenet of the Getting Things done, done book as well. Am I the right person to do it? Is it for a specific day or time? These are all the things you want to identify when you're working with your tasks. So you have clarity on exactly what needs to be done by who and when. The biggest tip I think we can give you is to use verbs and be precise. Write it in a way that makes you be able to start the task without thinking. So for here's an example. Let's say you look at your task list and, there, and there's a, a task on there or you jotted down on a piece of paper. It says Greg call. So what, what does that mean? You don't know, is Greg supposed to call you? Are you supposed to call Greg? Are you supposed to do anything first? When are you supposed to do that? So a, a better task would be review commitments before call with Greg Anderson. So now you know what you need to do. You know there's a call coming up, but before you have that call, you want to review the commitments you made, maybe to that project or to Greg on an earlier call or something like that. You know who Greg is. It's not just Greg, it's a specific Greg. And you know that, okay, I should look at those commitments. There isn't any ambiguity. Another example would be, say you have an action item and it's implement Microsoft Teams. Well, that is not a good action item either because there's so much involved in doing that. Uh, you don't just implement Microsoft Teams. There's a bunch of things. In GTD terms, that is a project. Anything with more than one step is a project. So it's better to break it down and start with whatever your first action is and have that really clear on your task list instead of just having the kind of amorphous implement Microsoft Teams. So maybe your your action item should actually be make lists of employees who will be added to Microsoft Teams. And that's something you can do. You, can, you know now I need to think of who it is I'm going to be inviting and then it will kind of go forward from there. How about you, Tan? Uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this? Have you ever struggled with this or, or seen people struggling with this? Oh, I used to struggle with this all the time, especially when you said, and this is kind of a trigger for many people, and I've seen this on the forums and online tickets that we get from people. If anything takes more than one step, it's a project and people go, oh my gosh, now I have like 5 million projects. And I go, yeah, sometimes that might be the case. But if you're a little bit more advanced, you can definitely have more nuance to that because if you know something only takes like three steps, you don't have to create a project for it if you wanted to. Like like we were talking about here in the second step of GTD, we're just clarifying, like you said, knowing exactly what the next step is or the next action makes it certain that you know how to progress and, and go forward. Because if you don't know what that is, then oftentimes what happens is we'll procrastinate or we'll actually end up doing other things that are distracting and time wasting rather than focusing on what, what's in front of us. So like your example, Brooks, uh, when it says Greg call, it goes, okay, uh, you know, and, and now I get paralyzed and now I, I don't take action. And half the battle oftentimes when it comes to productivity in general is just making it really easy to get started. The easier we make it ourselves to get started, the more likely it is that we will actually get stuff done or get things done 
or, or execute or engage as people like to call it in the GTD world nowadays. So for me, the most important hack, if you want to call it, or I like to consider it a habit, is the thing you mentioned, start everything with a verb. So instead of Greg call, uh, if the intention is to call him, I would say call Greg, and that's what I'm going to do. If I have to say, okay, uh, impl implement Microsoft Teams, sure, I could write that down as a first step. But then if I have a hunch that this is actually going to be really big, then and, and takes more than an hour, then I would break that down immediately as well into a project. And then I'll figure out what the definition of done is and, and all that stuff. But if there's anything that you should take away from this section, personally, I would say start everything with a verb. Just doing that alone will eliminate a lot of next actions or next steps that are ambiguous or not really clear. And so just look at your to-do list right now and see what is everything on this list that doesn't start with a, with a verb. And how can you reframe it or rewrite it so it does start with a verb? And if you just do that quick little exercise right now with your to-do list as you're looking at it, you'll start to see, oh, there's actually a lot of things I should clarify or dig deeper in or rewrite or actually this is a project now. And so that's a really quick, simple little thing that you do. And if you do this on a regular basis, especially if you have the tendency not to do it that way, make a part of your weekly review to kind of like build that habit over time. Yeah, when I get stuck on things, it's almost always because I haven't broken things down or clarified enough. Like there's an example of this in my personal life right now where I'm theoretically about to buy a new car, but I am dragging my feet going down the path. And the main reason for that is just I know I haven't broken things down and figured out next action. So what happens every single weekend is I think to myself, oh, damn, I need to get going on that because I haven't broken the processes down. All that's kind of in my head is replace Mazda 5. And I've done a little bit of research, but I haven't like actually broken down the next step. If I, I know, and I know if I actually broke it down, started with a verb, made it actionable, all that sort of thing, I'd be writing a check right now because it's not like it's a rocket science thing to do. It's just I haven't broken it down. But if anyone has any advice about electric versus plug-in hybrid versus hybrid, definitely hit me up on Twitter. Let me know your thoughts. All right. So that is mistake number two. Your next steps are too vague or not actionable. So mistake number three is going crazy with context. And this one, somehow whenever people in GTD land talk about context, it always ends up in an argument. <laughs> I don't know what it is. There's something, there's something really sticky and people get really stuck on their, their ideas of context. And context in the GTD sense is a way of determining where, how, and with whom you can do a task. Like what, under what circumstances are you able to do this task? Frankly, this is my personal opinion. Again, they're an area of the original GTD book anyway that haven't aged super well. The original idea is you wanted to identify your tasks. Were you at your computer? Are you at your phone? Are you at home? Are you at the office? Like the, the general idea was to have all these different contexts in your life and then, then you knew what you could do with your tasks or when you could do them. The only problem with that is that with smartphones and tablets and Wi-Fi everywhere and all that sort of stuff, that is something that I think the lines have blurred so much. So for me personally, I think the, the general idea of context isn't 
as useful as maybe it used to be unless you tweak the, the way that you do it. So the mistake that almost everybody makes when they implement GTD is they go crazy creating a bunch of contexts and a bunch of like conditions that they could do these tasks, but they never actually use them for anything. They give their tasks a context, but don't actually use those contexts to make decisions on what to do. So that means you basically waste time organizing and you're adding complexity to your system for not too much benefit. So one suggestion I would have, and I'm curious your thoughts on this, Tan, is if you're going to use context at all, create context only that will truly help you decide what you can do in any given moment. Don't give tasks context for the sake of giving them context. Some people, a good example of something that might be helpful, I know some people do, is give context based on energy. These are my low energy tasks. These are my high energy tasks. So you kind of know what to do when. That's one way of, of maybe tweaking the concept. But again, only use context if they're actually going to help you. What are your thoughts on this, Tan? I actually have no idea how where, where you stand on context these days in, in 2020. What, what context are you rocking? I, in fact, have stopped using context altogether ever since OmniFocus 3 got released. And OmniFocus is my default task manager. It's been like that since, uh, I want to say 2012, 20, 2013, maybe. And that's the task manager I've been using for so long. And in the beginning, you had to assign a context to really get the most out of it. But then there was such a thing called the iPhone that made it pretty much you know, the case where you really didn't need any context going forward because whether you were at home, at Home Depot or at the park or at your computer or in your bathtub, uh, you could get any sort of work done anywhere, really, whether it was calling people, checking email, uh, replying to a paper, signing documents, like you can do everything on your phone nowadays. And as the iPhone and iOS operating system became more advanced and including other you know, gadgets as well, Android phones and, and Samsung devices and so on. I felt like the need for contacts really started to diminish quite a bit. So nowadays, especially since the release of OmniFocus 3, I pretty much stopped using context altogether. So I don't use it anymore. The good thing is it's not a requirement to really use context in, in that particular release. So you can just have a really simple to-do list essentially. And sure, you can still use it if you want to use something like priorities or low energy, high energy and stuff like that. But even then, I kind of moved away from that too, because if I just need to get stuff done, it just needs to be done. Whether it's low energy or high energy, it just needs to be done. So I, I made it even simpler over the years where I kind of got rid of that stuff. And in the beginning, it did make a lot of sense. I would say back in 2012, it was a nice way to kind of like organize information and, and stuff like that. But nowadays, I think with the technology being so advanced and being able to do anything anywhere, the use of context in that sense is pretty much eroded for me. Yeah, Eric in the dojo chat says that uh, where I think a lot of us are these days in 2020 is he says he's good with taking tasks with context, but never actually goes into context to complete the tasks. So he says he stopped using them except for errands. Yeah, that and I think that's I, I still tend to tag things with context, but I'm basically at where Eric is at where, and it sounds like where you are is, I think I'm probably gonna stop using them. The, the one area where they do sometimes come in handy for me is location-based. So I will, there's certain things that I wanna do at certain places. So in those cases, I will probably still use that. Some people use context as a way to identify 
who something needs to be done with. So they might have a context for maybe I have a task and I put it like with Tan. And then if I know I'm going to be having a call with you, maybe I would pull that up. I don't do that stuff like that now, but I can see that being a good use of context these days. Giacomo in the chat has a good example. What he does is he uses context as a way to identify tasks to be done in a certain time frame. So I guess what he means maybe is like morning tasks, afternoon tasks, that sort of thing. That's kind of an interesting way to do it too. But I personally, I think I'm going to be like you and move away from context altogether. I do think that the location makes a lot of sense, but does amazon.com count as a location? Because (laughs) pretty much everything you ever need to buy is, is there, right? Right. Well, when you're tan and you live within your four block radius, quarantine or no quarantine, then yeah, I guess location based contacts aren't too useful. <laughs> but anyway, however you choose to do contacts, the, the general mistake or recommendation we have for you is to not go crazy and just try to think of a bunch of contacts to use. Instead, if you are going to use them, be more intentional and have a good need for that particular context. Don't try to fit your tasks into context that you think up. All right, so that's mistake number three. Mistake number four, we talked about this earlier, is your weekly reviews are not consistent. And we're not gonna go into a huge amount of detail on this for two reasons. Number one, we are actually going to be recording a podcast specifically about weekly reviews and GTD. So that's in two weeks, so not next week, but in TPS 311, so two weeks from now. We're going to be doing a deep dive into this. And also, like you mentioned, Tan, we have a a live training coming up on August 11th, one of our Do the Damn Thing series, where we're going to be taking you through and helping you, coaching you on doing your own GTD weekly review. But the reason I wanted to make sure, or we wanted to make sure to include it on this list is because anytime we talk about weekly reviews with GTD, almost everybody says that that is where their biggest issue is, being consistent with weekly reviews. So that is definitely one of the top five mistakes that people make with GTD. Half of the struggle that people have with GTD is not so much setting up the projects and tasks and context, it's being consistent with the weekly review. So uh, one recommendation we have for you, and again, we're going to deep dive in this in two weeks, but when you're planning your perfect week and we are planning your week and we talked about planning your week recently in TPS 293, make sure that that GTD weekly review is part of your plan. Don't try to shoehorn it in after, but have that as a cornerstone of your weekly planning. And again, not to dive into it too much, but just as a, as a cautionary tale, what happens when you don't review is things just pile up. Your GTD system just gets a little bit more out of control. It's it's kind of like if you own a car, I guess I have car, car ownership on my mind these days. If you own a car and you don't maintain it properly, yeah, you might save some money in the short term. And if you don't do your weekly reviews, yeah, maybe you'll save some time in the in the short term. But you know you're going to end up paying for things later because it's going to get your car is going to get more and more out of maintenance and it, you're going to have some very expensive repairs later. Same with GTD. If you stop doing your weekly reviews, things are going to pile up. Tasks are going to start getting dropped and you are eventually going to fall off the wagon. Almost guaranteed. Yeah, so if you struggle with the weekly review, and then you definitely don't want to miss out on our live training that we're going to be doing on that very particular topic. So again, it's on 
Tuesday, August 11th. If you want to sign up for that, you can go to theproductivityshow.com slash implement. So again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com slash implement. And if you happen to listen to this episode after August 11th, you missed the training, don't worry, we will record it. So if you want to get access to that training, again, just sign up at that URL and after you log in, you'll get access to that as well. So you'll be able to see the recordings and follow along and implement it as we go through it together as well through the recording. So when it comes to the weekly review, even as we're recording this live in front of our dojo members, everyone's saying, yes, this is like my biggest pitfall. This is where uh, it feels the most. And I have a really funny story about that too, which I think I've shared on the podcast before, if not this is many, many years ago, I I met this uh, beautiful woman. And we were just talking about random things. And I mentioned how I run Asian efficiency. And, you know, I do GTD stuff. And she says, Oh, yeah, like I use GTD as well. And I call BS. And I said, Oh, I don't believe that whatsoever. So I asked her, Okay, what's the most important process in GTD? And, you know, I was just calling her bluff. And she said, Oh, it's the weekly review. If you don't do that, then everything else falls apart. And I was like, oh my gosh, okay, we need to continue to hang out and go on a date because this is uh, this is the perfect woman for me. So we ended up going on a date and we were dating for, uh, I want to say a year and a half or so. So, so yeah, ladies, uh, if you know the answer to that question, you will find the man of your dreams, I hope. I don't think I've ever met one person in my quote unquote real life that even knows what GTD is. If, if that ever happened, I'd fall off my chair, let alone somebody who can bust out a weekly review. So that's, yeah, you're definitely running in different circles than I am. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so definitely check out TPS 311 in two weeks and make sure you sign up for that live training because weekly review, Giacomo says, my greatest fail on GTD is the review and Giacomo is somebody who definitely has his stuff together. So I think it's something all of us struggle with, uh, including uh, Tan's former GTD love. All right. So number five, the final mistake that people tend to make when implementing GTD is overthinking things and not just executing. So that's the final stage of GTD, engage. And there's something about GTD, I've been guilty of it. Um, I'm sure almost everybody listening to it has been guilty of it. There's something about GTD that just leads people to go on massive rabbit holes, overthinking and over-engineering their system. They want to use the latest app. They want to have the perfect context. They want to have automation, which of course I'm in favor of that. But there's just something about GTD that just lends itself to fiddling. Maybe that's why a lot of uh, more techie type people like it. I don't know. But there's just something about it. So remember, your goal is it's right there in the name. Your goal is to get things done. It's not to tweak your system. It's not to play with apps. It's to get your stuff done. So just because a new task manager app comes out doesn't mean you need to switch to it. Just because you read a blog post about some awesome way somebody uses tags in OmniFocus or something doesn't mean you need to implement it. Your system should really be as simple as works for you and that allows you to get things done. So just look at your list and choose your next actionable task. If you use context, like make sure that you you have the right context for yourself. You'll know the problems that you want to resolve. You can just go in there, do your work, cross things off your next action, move forward on the projects. You really don't need to go crazy on GTD. it's, It's like simple, but can be complicated if we let it. So yeah, if you followed these first four steps that we've been talking about and you have that trusted system, 
you're going to be way more successful in achieving mind like water. I know for myself, like I said, I used to struggle with this stuff as well. I used a, a tool called actually when I first started using GTD, I was working for a financial software company and I wanted to use online tools, but I couldn't because I couldn't store my action items outside of the network. So I set up this crazy internal server for my GTD program. If I was to go back in time knowing what I know now, I would have just used Outlook. <laughs> there was really no reason for me to install Ruby on a computer and run a local GTD system on a server locally. If I was smart, I would have just used Outlook. Later, I switched to a tool called Remember the Milk for years and years and years, but I was doing all these kind of hacky things to make it work. And eventually I switched to OmniFocus in 2012 or so, and I've been there ever since. It's really the bedrock of my GTD system. Just because I use OmniFocus or Tan uses OmniFocus doesn't mean that you need to. If you're using things and you're happy with it or whatever system you're using, that's really great. The important thing is that you are getting things done. How about you, Tan? Are you an overthinker or do you switch up your system with every blog post that you read? But Brooks, there's this beautiful note-taking app that's out there right now. Can I can I try this? Can I actually <laughs> import stuff over and try again and see if this is maybe 10% better than what I have going on right now and might cost me 24 hours to set up and five hours to just figure out going through tutorials and kind of get all the people's opinion. And like you said, yeah, that rabbit hole goes really really deep and so you have to be really concerned about that because if you're somebody who gets easily distracted or you love to go down that rabbit hole oh my gosh you can end up wasting so much time and i've seen this with so many clients that we've had over the years because we used to sell an, uh, an omnifocus course and so we were supporting thousands and thousands of omnifocus users so we kind of saw early trends and things that people were struggling with and one of them was just the fiddling aspect and What's funny is at Asian Efficiency, we kind of have like an internal nickname for myself. Uh, we call, we, we, they call me Grandpa Tan, even though I'm actually the youngest in the company, but they call me Grandpa Tan. And it's because I haven't changed my system or my process in over like eight or nine years. It's kind of been the same thing. I use OmniFocus. It works. The only major change over the last eight or nine years is that I stopped using Context, but I still use the same app, same note-taking Right. I still use Evernote for everything and, and it's it just works. It's just so simple. It works. It allows me to get stuff done. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. So to me, I don't really care, for example, that OmniFocus is like $80 and it costs me $80 a year to to renew and upgrade. And, you know, what it's the iPad version, the iPhone version or the Mac version or whatever. I'm happily paying that stuff because I know I'm just getting stuff done. That's the thing I care about the most. If I have to spend $150 a year or whatever to be productive, to get stuff done, I'm happy to pay that. And I don't have to worry about changing the system and, and whatever. Now, I will say if Omni Group makes drastic changes and I can't really use the, the tool anymore in that sense, then I might switch over, right? But if, if you're just switching over because something looks a little cooler, a little prettier, a little sexier, I mean, that's, that's not a good reason to switch over. And a general guideline I always tell people is the only time you want to switch over if something is going to make you 10 times more productive or it's 10 times better. If it's only like 10% better, it's honestly not worth switching over. But if it's 10 times better, like it could change your life, it could save you hours right away, then I think it's worthwhile considering. 
All right, so those are our five mistakes that most GTD users make. Number one, using too many systems to capture everything. Number two, having too vague next steps and have them not actionable. Number three, going crazy with context. Number four, your weekly reviews are not consistent. And number five, overthinking things and not just taking action. Speaking of taking action, Tan, so what should somebody do if they're taking away from this? They want to do GTD in the right way. What are the next steps we want them to take? Whether you're brand new to this or you've been using GTD for a while, I think the best thing you can do is to simplify the capturing process. So the very first process that we talked about at the beginning of this episode and also the first step in GTD. So decide what your capture system is going to be like. Do you have something with you all the time that you can use to capture ideas, tasks and thoughts? Is it going to be your phone? Is it going to be pen and paper? Like decide on what that one thing is and make it the number one thing you use and simplify everything as much as possible there. And if you can eliminate all the other things that you don't really use. So whether you trash them away or just deinstall them, simplify this whole process and it will make everything else a lot easier. And again, if you want to join us live, we will have a live do the damn thing group coaching call where, where we are going to walk you through on how to implement the GTD process for conducting a weekly review. If that's something you want to join us on, then go to theproductivityshow.com slash implement. We'll do it again on Tuesday, August 11th, if you happen to listen to this afterwards, you can still sign up and get access to the recording. Again, it's at theproductivityshow.com slash implement. At Asian Efficiency, we believe that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your personal life to get stuff done. You should be able to get everything done in the time that you have. That's why we've built a productivity quiz to help you maximize the time you have increase your energy, and get you more focused. We've helped tens of thousands of people increase their productivity, and within two minutes of taking the productivity quiz, we'll show you exactly what you need to do next to increase your productivity. To take the quiz, just go to theproductivityshow.com forward slash quiz. Again, that URL is theproductivityshow.com forward slash quiz. Don't let your never-ending to-do list drag you down and stop sacrificing your health and family to get stuff done. Take the quiz today and you'll be on your way to becoming superhuman productive. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us an iTunes review or a star in Overcast. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next Productive Monday.